Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. So here's the deal. I, I put out a call on Twitter. It's about 1.10 p.m. on Tuesday right now. And I put out a call on Twitter asking for people to send me questions for this podcast because I was going to do it solo. And I happened to be on the phone with Ben Standig at the time in the middle of a long Wizards conversation because that's what we do. And there have been so many times in the last two years or however long we've been colleagues where we've been on the phone having insanely long Wizards conversations and 40 minutes later we've hung up and right before we hung up we said we should have just made this into a podcast it would have been way more productive and way less of a waste of both of our times so this time I actually just said to Ben in the middle of our conversation, why don't we make this into a podcast? So now we are continuing our conversation into an actual podcast, and we've just transferred it from a phone call to a Skype call. I got Ben on the Skype line, and we are going to continue talking about Denny Avdia's debut and 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 whatever else that, that we come across. Ben, uh, I would say uh, thank you for coming on, but in reality, thank you for calling up a different app on your phone and uh, and making this conversation public with me. Yeah, I, I, I'm literally just still standing in the same space, pacing back and forth in my uh, hallway as I as I do with the phone in my ear. So, yeah, let's uh, let's go. Yeah, I felt like it was necessary to get some kind of podcast out in which we actually um, react to the preseason opener. I know it's just a preseason opener and Westbrook didn't play. Beal didn't play. Bertans didn't play. Ish Smith didn't play. Jerome Robinson didn't play. And yet it still kind of felt like some meaningful stuff, especially Avdia. We were in the middle of a conversation about, you know, he goes six for six and has 15 points in 24 minutes. And and to me, like, I think we're in agreement on this. Like, I don't care that he went six for six. I don't care that he made three threes. I, I, the shot still looks kind of funky and the word on him forever has been the shot is funky. You know, it brings you back to when Zion hits four threes right off the bat, right? And you think, oh, man, wait, is Zion an unbelievable shooter now all of a sudden? No, he's not. He just made four threes, and that was it. You know, I'll believe that Avdi is going to be a 40% three-point shooter when we see it over a large enough sample size. But to me, what stood out was not the shooting. It was the—I mean, he was making— I've said on this podcast so many times that I think the most underrated basketball trait is the ability to make really good decisions really quickly. And he was doing that finding corner three point shooters. He has a change of pace already. I mean, he when he made that buzzer beater down the second quarter, he grabs a defensive rebound. He darts down the floor and he actually used like a change up, slowed down, sped up and then hit that floater from the free throw line like he looked very comfortable, and to me, that was the thing that stood out about the way he played. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I I know, like, you know, whenever anybody talks about what they like about players and people can get super technical and super nerdy on some level, um, and, and all those things are, are viable, can be viable uh, angles to, to consider, but on some basic human level, 
when it comes to competing in sports, not just the NBA, but just sports in general, it comes to a lot at, at a very basic level. Does the person have confidence? I mean, this is the this is the basis of on the baseball aspect of the movie Bull Durham. This is the the, the gist of the relationship between Kevin Costner's character and the, Tim Robbins' character, the young pitcher trying to figure out how to. It was sort of a dummy, but trying to figure out how to how to navigate the professional world. And he's getting lit up and all this, and Kevin Costner explains to him, "Look, it's all about being." confident you just have to believe it and if you'll get lit up but that's fine just keep believing and eventually you know if you have the stuff it'll work itself out and i bring this up specifically for the wizards because you know i'm not comparing denny to to jan vesely but there's obviously a basic component to that both international players and with vesely you know there were some warning signs off the bat because of the the, the free throw sh- uh, percentage and then when he got here you could see the traits that made him interesting but you could also see that he was not a confident guy out there on the court. And that translated to how he played more or less over time. He never, you know, I, I think one of the faults for the Wizards at that point was they didn't do enough, I think, to help build up his confidence. In any event, watching Denny, my first thought was, oh, <laughs> like he, 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 he's very comfortable out there on the court in various circumstances. When the ball came to him, like you said, he made quick decisions, but he also wasn't just trying to get rid of the ball. He, he felt very po- comfortable wherever he was, whether it was about to take a three-point shot, whether it was on the on the move, just so you're making the next pass from the from the top of the key to the to the corner or whatever it is, he he was very comfortable out there, despite being hit, like you said, his first game as a, a, a what is he 19, um, you know, out there with professionals. I mean, he's on the same court with you know while Beal and Westbrook weren't playing, Kevin Durant was out there, <laughs> you know, Kyrie Irving was out there, not to mention. His own his own teammates, and he did not look. If you didn't know who was you know who who was who, you wouldn't know that that, that was a circumstance. Not to mention he's coming from a another another country, another culture. We're dealing with COVID. All these things. He looked very he looked very comfortable. And so you know, look, none of this means he's going to turn into a six time All Star, but it means okay. Here's the baseline. We've established this. He can do these things. He comes in with this level of athletic confidence and arrogance, and that off the bat is a good thing and now you just have to keep working from there yeah i thought he was really impressive he could have gone two for six instead of six for six and i'd be saying oh i thought he was really impressive i thought he passed the ball wonderfully and i thought he did i i agree with everything you said he played with us a swagger that was incredibly apparent and that you don't really see from 19 year olds in their first ever nba games going up against kevin durant and kyrie irving and starting mind you so okay I'm going to ask you this. I did put out a call for Twitter questions when I thought it was going to be just me because I thought that would be a more organic way to record a podcast. But I'm going to throw some of these out here because they're very relevant. And I got some good questions on here. And and this is obviously relevant to what we're talking about. This is from Sean at I don't sing one on uh, on Twitter. Will Denny be the starter at small forward after the Sunday after Sunday's performance? Do you think he he is in the? I'll, I'll I'll even rephrase it and ask you. I mean, Scott Brooks has said there are five names who are under conversation for starting at at the three, right? And we don't necessarily know if Denny was the favorite just because he kind of did that on Sunday, right? Because there were so many injuries. Brooks has said Bertans is one. He didn't play. Uh, Robinson is one. He didn't play. Troy Brown is one. Denny is one. And who's the last one who I'm forgetting? Bonga. Bonga is one. Denny ended up starting there. Uh, 
he played great. We both agree. Do you think he's in the driver's seat now? Because going into that game, I would have said Bongo was in the driver's seat. You think Denny is now? You think he should be? I mean, based on Scott Brooks's tendency to shy away from rookies to some degree, I would have said going into the game or going into the you know training camp and everything, no. Uh, you know, it is important to remember that, you know, he played professionally. You know, he was already playing professionally prior to the draft. It wasn't like he was playing last season against uh, Kansas and, uh, you know, Cal Irvine. He was playing against grown men. So there, there, he, you know, in theory, just based on that, he comes in with more, you know, experience and, and uh, you know, with the physical aspect of the game than, than somebody at his age uh, coming from the college ranks. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm not saying he should or shouldn't, but like, you know, I, I think this is such a weird year. The idea of bringing him off the bench, I don't think is a is a bad is a bad thing. I will say J- Justin Kutcher had the funny line, the bench off the bench. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to see that happen. Um, <laughs> uh, that was that was an amazing line, by the way. I texted <laughs> I texted Justin when I saw that hit social media. I texted Justin after that. That was an amazing line, and I hope that becomes a thing because I laughed my ass off when I saw that. It's hilarious, <laughs> right? So, like to that end, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. Um, you know, I, I, I here's what I would maybe say. This is I, I'm trying to think how to say this. So. On some level, who would I rather him out there? Who would I rather him, him be out there with at point guard? Russell Westbrook or Ish Smith? I, I kind of feel like I would rather him be that with Ish Smith off the bat. Russell Westbrook is an experience, and it's not. It's a it's a wild ride. Obviously, it's a highly effective ride in terms of just his, his ability to produce and and you know sometimes I myself included. I think we all probably get caught up in the idea of what he what where his limitations are. Obviously, he's a hell of a basketball player. But it's not he's not a classic point guard. Nish Smith is more is much more of that st- classic guy who's going to run the offense, get everybody involved, get people the ball where they need to. And I kind of feel like that may be a better sp- space for, for Denny off the bat. And also, I believe that, you know, when you have a lineup, a, f- a five man lineup, I-, I always think that one of those five spots can't be somebody who's looking to get offense. It's got to be somebody who's doing the dirty work now. I think I think Bonga kind of fits that role better than you have Beal, you have Westbrook. Uh, you know, you have Hachimura and Thomas Bryant. I, I mean, I, I kind of like the idea of having the fifth guy be the the dirty work guy and let Denny evolve more na- organically on the second unit. But obviously, you know, they're going to mix and match throughout a game. We're only kind of just talking to start. So I, he may be in the driver's seat from their perspective. I kind of still like the idea of him coming off the bench with Bonga possibly being the other guy. So here's here's my – this is my opinion. This is not the Wizards' opinion. This is my opinion. My opinion – is I would start Bonga. Now, if Denny goes off the next two preseason games and we're like, okay, that's not a fluke, he's really good, then, you know, at some point, the talent eclipses the fit. So that's fine. For now, I'm going to say I'm, I'm flexible on this decision. I'm totally willing to change my mind and admit this isn't the way to go. But for now, I would say Bonga is the guy. And the reasoning is because Bonga's skill set is more valuable against good players than it is against bench players. Or I should say against first stringers than he is against bench players. Because ultimately, Bonga's best value is the way he defends. And his defensive traits are kind of muted when he's going up against players who aren't as good. Because... They're, you're not bringing them down from the same sort of height. 
they're not as good. The starting point is not as good. It's kind of similar. We see this to a lot of a lot of kind of defensive minded wings where maybe they won't play starters minutes. They'll play maybe 18 or they'll play 20 or in some cases, you know, we'll we'll say even even smaller. But like, oh, we've got some news here. Giannis Antetokounmpo says he's signing a contract extension with the Bucks. He's signing the five year Supermax. Good for the Bucks. Good for Giannis. That's good for the league. That's definitely good for the league. That's great. Can't have can't have these guys all running around uh, to go join their their friends in in warm cities. That's great. Good for Bucks fans. They must be losing their minds. They must. <laughs> It must be freaking out right now. I covered the Thunder when Kevin Durant left. I was on the Thunder beat when Durant left, and th- that fan base was beyond depressed. I mean, Russ invigorated them that next year because that was the year, the first year without Durant was the year he became the first guy in, you know, five and a half decades to average a triple-double, and he won MVP. But that that fan base was very depressed for very long, and that organization has forever been different because of it. Uh Good for the Bucks. Anyway, speaking of the Thunder, now I'm going to use some institutional Thunder knowledge here. It's kind of similar to how the Thunder always started Andre Robertson, getting back to the bongo conversation. Where Andre Robertson started because he was such a good defensive player that his defense was more valuable when he was actually guarding really good starters. He was going to help the team more. And I kind of feel similarly about bonga in that way. Like I said, if Denny is just really good right off the bat, then he's really good right off the bat. Then you start the really good guy. You don't have to say Bonga's my starter for all 72 games of the year, but for now, that's just kind of where I'm leaning, but I am I can definitely be swayed, and if, if Denny's going to play like that, then I probably will be swayed. So, you know, we'll see. Does that make sense, though, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, I, I, I go all the way back to the Showtime Lakers, you had Magic Johnson, you had Byron Scott, you had James Worthy, you had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, three of those guys are Hall of Famers. Byron Scott was a hell of a player. And then you had Kurt Rambis. And you're like, what is Kurt Rambis doing out here? He does not belong with them. But he belonged for this reason, because he's doing the things you don't necessarily need these other guys to be focused on completely. You need this. Here's your deal. You're not going to shoot. You're going to grab rebounds. You're going to play defense. You're going to dive on the ground. You, you can't. You, you need to have. You know, this is this was always a mistake I thought with the Olympic team for for some time, and it's kind of morphed back into it a little bit. But like, the, you know, you, you can't have twelve alphas who are who are looking to score twenty five a game. You need to have a, a couple of guys who understand you have to guard the best player on the other team or whatever it is. And yeah, I mean, Banga is going to do that. Like you said, if Denny evolves into where it's like, okay, hold on, this is this is too this is a big deal. We need to we need to go for it. Then, 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 you know, then you do that. Uh, I, I will also just sort of say, sort of connected to this, you know, there's two ways to look at the Wizards, or you know, right now, and and it has changed a bit because of the of the, of the trade. But the one hand is in the long term view. You just drafted Hachimura last year. You just drafted Denny. Now Troy Brown is still evolving. You know, most of his roster is very young player, um, other than Westbrook. And I guess to some degree, Beal's no longer a really young player, even though he's, you know, I would very much like to be Beal's age. Um, <laughs> and he's still ascending. But, um, uh, but, but, but there's, you know, it's about where is this team going? What, what, what do they have pieces that can actually become the third best guy, the fourth best guy on a, on a, on a good team? 
On the other hand, because of Westbrook in particular, you de- there is a little more of this urgency. Plus, you have the Beal situation. You don't want to have another clunker of a season and push him into a point of thinking, eh, maybe I don't really want to be here. So, you know, there is something to be said for, for winning now. So, you know, it, you know, if, if I, I just in general, in terms of Denny lean towards the long view, what do I need to do to put him in the best position to keep up the confidence, to get him improved? On the other hand, hey, if he is in fact the best player to help me now, fine. But Bonga probably, as it stands today, it would, would you know somebody like that would probably be the better fit with the starters to to you know just to round out that group based on what they were what they already kind of do. Yeah. So, uh, should, can, can I throw a couple of these Twitter questions out at you? Um, I, I don't know if you are aware of this, but I like Twitter questions. Great. So go, go for okay, it. Okay, great. We'll, we'll pod for like seven more minutes. This is a true last second, unprepared, get nothing podcast. But I, I think we're getting, we're talking about good stuff. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Here's an on-brand one for both of us. On-brand for me because it involves Garrison Matthews. Non-brand for you because it involves a two-way player. All right. This one's from Bullets Forever. Can Garrison Matthews play his way from a two-way contract uh, to a regular contract on the team? Uh, Do you have thoughts or you want me to jump in? Yeah, you can jump in. You've you've watched him play more than I have. I mean, he definitely made shots the other day, and that's what he's known for. But obviously, for a guy like that, it's can he guard somebody. So I'll let you kind of get into that. I think Garrison Matthews is an NBA rotation player. If if he's going to hit... I don't think he has to hit 42% of his threes to be an NBA rotation player. I think he's got to hit 38 because he moves so well off the ball. I mean, if you watch him in that, he only played in the first half of that game. But if you watch him in that first half, like, I think he should be in the conversation for being in this rotation, to be honest. I kind of do. Just because a lot of the guys who they have, the wings that we're talking about, so uh, Jerome Robinson, for example, I think there's an argument to be made. I mean, look, the Wizards like Jerome Robinson. And if you like what Jerome Robinson does, I think you can make an argument that Jerome Robinson is a better player than Garrison Matthews. You want to make that argument? That's fine. I think there are are things Jerome Robinson does better. He's a better one-on-one defender, for sure. Jerome Robinson's a pretty good one-on-one defender. He can run pick and rolls, which Garrison Matthews is obviously not going to do. He will pull up, you know, from mid-range and hit those shots, which is you know, in the right context can be the proper, you know, that can, that can be something that you want. But in the context of this team, other than the one-on-one defense, I mean, what he is going to do, I don't think is as helpful as what Garrison Matthews is going to do. Because what, if Jerome Robinson is with your starters, you're going to have him pulling up off the dribble from mid-range with Westbrook and Beal and 
Hachimura and potentially Bertans and Thomas Bryant as other options out there? No, I mean, he's going to be your spot-up guy. If he's with the second unit, you still have Ish handling, you still have Troy Brown handling. If Denny's out there with him, you might have Denny handling. I mean, what you want from that role is someone who's going to make the greatest impact off the ball. And to me, the answer to that is Garrison Matthews. And it's not just because of his shooting ability, which is obviously good. It's it's because he doesn't stop moving. He's crazy active off the ball. And I I think he's heady enough. And, and from what everybody in there says, he's like a wild worker. He's crazy, crazy competitive. So I think he'll figure out where to go, where to be when he's running around those screens. Like the number one thing that you want from a guy like that is just activity, just the willingness to move. Like I kind of feel similarly about his offense to what like the Wizards will say when they say we think Thomas Bryant is better than you think defensively, which is look at how hard he works. Look at how hard he plays. Look at his energy. Look at how much he wants to be good at defense and how hard he wants to work, which he does. He's a very hard worker, and nobody's going to doubt how hard he ever plays. That guy is going to figure it out. He might not be all defense, but he's going to figure out. Like He will get better. You can't work that hard. You can't care that much and not get better. It just That doesn't happen. At something like defense, where she's just like learning where to be, learning how to react to things, that kind of stuff. And you know what? That's a pretty good argument. That's a pretty good argument. And I I feel that way about Matthews with the way he runs off of screens. I think he's going to get good at placement and finding out where to go and how to run off of different screens and how to make those reads and all of that, which he's already pretty good at, by the way. I could see him really making an impact as an off-ball guy coming off the bench, being able to run off screens. He hits threes on the move. His form is funky as hell. And so he just constantly gets fouled on these jump shots, which I think will change once people, defenders actually see him play and realize that he moves every which way on his jumper. Like he's got, he's got, you know who he's got to me? Like he's got a lot of Marco Bellinelli in him. I, I That's kind of my comp for him. Like I, I kind of see him being very Marco Bellinelli with, even just the way that he shoots, he never lands in the same spot that he takes off from, just like Bellinelli. He's got a lot of that in him. So I could see him being that kind of player. I could see that. Um, yeah, I'll just say that the one, you know, when when it comes to um, putting together a, a rotation, a, a roster, I, I think a mistake, Some it's one thing sometimes to take a flyer on a guy who's just like, wow, it's a raw talent and we'll see where it goes. But if you're really trying to put together a rotation, after your top handful of players, maybe it's top four, top seven, whatever, the, the, the other guys have to do stuff. It can't just be that they have potential to be good. They actually have to do something specific. They're the rim protector. They're the, they're the you know a steady point guard. They're the wing defender. Or in his case, a guy that can drain shots. And when you can when you have that – you you know you now you know okay I put this guy in he's gonna do these things and 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 I can sort of you know figure out where to put him in with the other pieces that I already have the the, the better player so to that end yeah I mean I do think he's already shown that ability you mentioned the other reasons why it's not he's not just one dimensional um, and also just in terms of this season specifically you know uh, with, with, without getting overly crazy about what Denny's three point shot looks like based on the one preseason game his, his numbers weren't great overseas. You know, obviously, Bertans is one of the best shooters in the league. Beal's obviously 
very good three-point shooter, but they didn't really like right about forgetting something. They didn't really like add three-point shooting. Westbrook's obviously not not a help there. Neither he's even worse than Wall. Uh, but, you know, based on the previous version of Wall that we kind of saw, or at least they're comparable. Um, you know, I don't whatever really Hachimura is. I don't think they want him shooting tons of threes. Thomas Bryant can make that, but at the same point, you know, whatever. Like you know, so I think they like they could kind of use another three-point shooter to some degree. And and just to go back to my our first point, like Jerome Robinson, he's you know, look, he was a first-round pick. He was a very good college player. So I don't know what's the one thing that he does right now that you're like, okay, I got to put that guy out there because he'll do this. And and Troy Brown, it's kind of. I think kind of what we're waiting on to a little bit. Like he could, he clearly is a very skilled player in certain ways, but like it hasn't, I don't know if we could say one, here's the one thing we know Troy Brown can do at a pretty good level right now. But Matthews is shooting is, is that if, if they feel comfortable with the rest of it, then yeah, I, I could see him being out there. I actually was a little surprised that he was a two way again. It wasn't just on the roster, but obviously, you know, you, you have to assess, do we think he's going to get picked? You know, there's somebody else. You know, what's the deal? Do we can we get away with it or whatever it is? And, uh, yeah, they, they still have him. All right, one more question, and then we'll wrap up because I got media availability in 12 minutes. I got to be on, so I need about a five minute grace period before that. Um, all right, I got one more. This is from ALW underscore 18. Is having Westbrook and Beal as the main scorers going to hamper the young players' offensive progression as the main two will be taking most of the shots? Not to forget Bertans. Is Rui going to get anything upwards of 15 points per game? Well, I think this is where the Westbrook question comes into play, right? I mean, the single... I, I would To me, the single biggest reason... The single biggest benefit of having John Wall versus Westbrook is that while I've always thought the idea that Wall was like this pass-first point guard was overstated, I think he's much more likely to try to set people up um, in ways that benefit the player overall versus with Westbrook, and you're the the Westbrookologist here, so tell me if I'm wrong, but with him it's more of he's a force of nature, he's going to have the ball, and occasionally the ball will go elsewhere. But he may not always be thinking to himself, I need the ball to go to go to go elsewhere at least at least that seems to be the, the the general narrative so i do wonder a little bit if it, if some of these guys um you know he's also such a strong personality i do wonder a little bit if some of these guys will i don't want to say take a back seat but maybe you know they will feel they, they will feel either it's intimidated or they just won't get the ball as much in certain spots and this goes back to my point of why i kind of like denny on the second unit irregardless of bonga or anybody else because I, I can get him some more shots, more looks, more confidence, perhaps being put in the right spot playing with Ish Smith than, than with Westbrook off the bat. So I, I do think there's something to be said for that. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, the NBA is about alphas. <laughs> if, if it's not Westbrook, if it's not John Wall, then it's, you know, pick pick your pick your star player. A lot of guys out there, you know, even if they are pat, you know, pass the ball, they're going to want the ball. You have to stand up for yourself. You can't be intimidated by the opponent or your teammates. So it's a good test on that front. But, yes, I do wonder about how many shots some of these guys are going to get. Yeah, I mean, there are some guys who it's going to help, and there are some guys who it's not going to do much for. And guess what? The Wizards want to win games. So they're fine with that. They 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 want to win games now. Bradley Beal wants to win games now. So this is how you're going to win games. You bring in good players who are better at doing stuff than your young players. And that's why teams tend to choose one direction or the other. Right. 
That's why teams tend to choose, all right, we're going to go developing and get young guys together and bringing vets who can lead them along, or we're going to try to win, and we're going to have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And it seems like the Wizards are doing a little bit of line treading here and there. Uh, I think there's some guys that could hurt. I, I think there are some guys that could help in terms of just development. Like, I, I think... I think there's a plausibility it could help Rui Hachimura because it's going to force him to go to the spots where he's not as comfortable, which if he becomes comfortable there, it will make him a better player. The three-point line and at the rim, that's where he's going to have to live this year in order to complement Beal and Westbrook because you can't have three or four guys in your starting lineup taking tons of mid-range shots. It's just not going to work. You will bog down the efficiency of your lineup too much. Russ gets to take those shots. Beal gets to take those shots and the other guys shouldn't be allowed to take them, you know, unless they're absolutely wide open and they're good shots. As good as Rui is shooting from mid range, a Rui Hachimura off the dribble mid range shot is a 40% shot. That's a bugly league average. It's also 80 points per 100 possessions, which would be good enough for by far the worst offense of all time if that's what your offense is. I mean, you want higher value possessions than that. So, if that's a shot that has to be part of your offense in order to, if Rui cooking is part of your offense, if that's a major part of your offense, then you want him to take those shots. But when you have Beal and Westbrook out there with them, that's not necessarily the case. So I think it could plausibly push Rui into spots where he's better. It's going to help Bertans a lot. I mean, Westbrook and Bertans are going to be great together. I actually think it's going to help Thomas Bryan a lot too. Thomas Bryan has never played with a pick and roll point guard like Russell Westbrook. And Westbrook has been good for centers. He he was great for Steven Adams. And he wants a guy who's going to set screens for him at the top and get him going downhill. And Bryant's going to be able to pop and he's going to be able to roll. And I think Westbrook will be good for Thomas Bryant. I don't think he'll be as good for Troy Brown, which is why Troy doesn't really come up in our conversation about starting at the three, right? Troy is better when he gets to handle and push on the break and do playmaking stuff as opposed to be a floor spacer. Even though he does some good stuff off the ball, he's a good cutter. He's a very good cutter. But but he's in his element when he gets to handle and do that kind of stuff, which is why I think we both think he's better suited for the bench. I wonder what's going to happen with Denny too, which comes back to that conversation of fit and style with him versus Bonga as potential starters at the three. So I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but there are going to be, I'll tell you this much. I mean, Denny is not going to handle as much as he would if the Wizards were just saying, you know what, let's trade Bradley Beal and let's fall off and try to get the number one pick. Troy Brown's not going to handle that much either. Denny's not going to handle that much either, but that's in a scenario where you're not fighting for a playoff spot. And if you want to be good, like the Wizards do, what you got to do is you got to bring in players who are also good. And nine-time All-NBA players who are point guards tend to be the ones who handle the ball. It's just the reality of the sport. Uh, Anyway, Ben, we have media in six, or I have media in six minutes. Thank you for turning our conversation into a conversation that everybody could hear. Hey, I'm glad glad that could be the case. Uh, Nobody wants to hear how the rest of my day went. Uh, So I'll stop. That will just focus on the Wizards uh, and not turn this into like a really personal conversation about but stupid shit. There we go. Ooh, stupid Kamala. Earth yeah, well, who cares? Uh, you, okay, uh, you can listen to Ben's uh, podcast, The Standing Room, uh, read his great coverage of the first place Washington football team. Uh, 
Not bad. The first place Washington football team. Who would have thought? The six and seven football team. Uh, read that over at the Athletic DC. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic and you are not a member, you can sign up at theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, and you're going to be able to go on there, sign up for a discounted price, and be able to buy a subscription as a gift for somebody else. That's at theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, and that gets you a full subscription to the entire site. You can go on iTunes. You can leave a review. For Wizards After Dark, you can give us five stars. That always helps. And the written reviews help more than, honestly, you would realize, unless you're somebody who listens to this and has a podcast of your own, in which case I say, congrats on being one of, what? how many people have podcasts these days? I feel like everyone I know has a podcast, but I also only hang out with writers at this point. So maybe that's just the case. Anyway. No, I think I think it's everybody. Yeah, I think everybody has a podcast. I think that's just kind of how it works. So maybe it it helps exactly as much as you would think it helps. Uh, I will be back with another episode. Like I said, I'm not doing post-game shows after the preseason games. Uh, I don't know. They have two more preseason games. They play Thursday. They play Saturday. And then the regular season starts next week. I will be doing a season preview episode for next week. I'll also be writing a season preview over at the Athletic DC, which is going to come out, I think sometime on Monday. That's my that's that's the soft release date for it. So look out for that over at the Athletic. Subscribe to the Athletic. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Tell your friends about it. It's going to be a fun season. If I am not back to you at some point after these two preseason games, then I will certainly be back with a season preview podcast sometime early next week before the Wizards begin the regular season Wednesday night against the 76ers. Whenever I'm back, I'll talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.